Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Friday, New Year's Eve edition of the podcast. And tonight, big football games. It's the college football playoffs. Big regular NFL games coming up here with the playoffs on the line. If you want to get in on the action, betonline.ag is the spot. They have a newly updated website with great odds, lines, contests, props. They've got everything. And if you sign up today, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use our promo code BLEAVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Kyle, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. I guess uh, when we sign off today, I'll be sure to break out the old dad joke. See you guys next year. Um, Oh, good. We'll get it twice now. Did you see that? There's some TikTok guy out there, and all he does is, like, dads trying to resist the urge to doing jokes and, like, normal everyday life situations like sitting at the restaurant when the waiter order asks you a question or something like that and he has like some lame dad joke response and i just saw one that was uh dad's resisting the urge uh on the last day of work for the calendar year and it was like he he's like don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. He finally goes see you next year <laughs> and he laughs like it's the funniest thing he's ever heard um if you haven't seen it sorry for wasting 30 seconds of your time yeah. but it's where my mind went when you when you brought us in there chill chris i gotta ask you how you feeling this is a big day for you big yeah. day mid-major chris. chris big day yeah we we woke up we didn't feel great this morning uh not because of the football game just don't feel feel very good a little under the weather um yeah it's a big day i'm a little nervous i won't lie um <laughs> because and here's and here's why and i think you guys will very and this is not what we're doing on the show today. We have battle the boards to get to. But if they lose, everyone's going to come at me on Twitter, which is not right. the point, which is not what my entire point has been the whole time, right? At Shoe Radio. That's not been my argument. H-U Radio. Now, you can guarantee if they win, oh, we're doing victory laps on Twitter all weekend. I got a prop for tonight that I picked up over on Bet Online. I have Alec Pierce, a wide receiver for Cincinnati, with over 59 and a half receiving yards. Somebody's got to catch that. the ball, right? Right. Yeah. And like, it's not like Alabama's got, you know, like their normal complement of cornerbacks this year. So I like that one. Joe, I got a question for you since we're talking bowl season before we get started. Yeah. Check out your bowl pick em. Did you do it on ESPN for the, the pick em show that we did? I submitted my thing to Chris. Chris, and, and that was it. I have loosely looked at who won football games. I, I am pleasantly surprised. I am 16 and 12. Uh, and of the confidence points, I missed my one, two, three, six, seven, eight, and 12s. Uh, but I still have almost everything on the table. I missed one confidence game that was higher than 25 to this point. I'm pleasantly surprised that they've played 28 bowl games based on all the ones that I've seen canceled. Right. Well, Jackson State, Dion. You guys killed me, man. 36 points. 
got oh, I know. Raced by South Bro, Carolina State. You're, you should kill me. If you're 16 and 12, I know I have some big whiffs. So <laughs> I'm, can, uh, you can claim that one, I'm sure. According to ESPN, I'm a top 37,000 oh. Q in the bowl pick I don't know how many, how many entries they had this year, but. But Kyle's going to have to wrangle a, a feline as as we record the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I was today. waiting for somebody to acknowledge what was happening yeah. on my screen well, as I finished know, that comment. It, it seemed like you were doomed from the start here. Now this cat is getting getting quite comfortable. <laughs> um, so let's let's get to the edge defenders <laughs> as we work yeah. through battle of the boards, mini, mini battle of the boards. Mini battle of the boards. Yeah, we'll get real spirited. Unlike this cat. Yeah, he's mini. Small. They're both males. Uh, yeah, no, this so. is the fat female cat. Oh, uh, this is the cat Kyle inherited as part of his package deal. Yeah, yep. I, we both one got that, one of those. I take the, the cat over what I got. The one that uh, <laughs> has a weight problem, right? So it's on dietary <laughs> food, and uh, both our cats are on different dietary foods for different reasons. This one for weight, the other one for uh, bladder stones. So you know. $55 a bag cat food, right? And mm. they're not allowed to eat each other's food. Well, they find ways to eat each other's food. And we took this one to the vet and the vet was like, hey, like, you guys really got to find out why your cat's gaining weight. And like, <laughs> we got to get it to start going in the other direction. So we figured out this whole feeding regimen or whatever. And we're like, yeah, you know, we, we changed the process. And you know, we, we, we've been doing things a lot differently over the last six months since the last time this cat was in. Uh, and naturally my wife had to work. So I had to take her cat to the vet after getting scolded last time about weight problems, which, you know, this damn cat was two pounds heavier. Oh no. Brought her back in. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to get the talk from the vet about the cat and it's. <laughs> and I, I came home. I was so mad. I was mad at the cat. I was mad at my wife and my wife came home and I said, I don't know what you do in the morning when you get up and feed these cats but i just took it on the nose because your cat gained two pounds so we're doing it differently we're, they're getting fed in different rooms and they're getting locked until they eat their food and that's the only way it's gonna go i used to have a bedroom at kyle's house and now yeah, the cats now, now it's the cat's room yeah and now so you can you can understand my disappointment level and understanding that old mittens there has gained a couple pounds <laughs> Well, she's down now. This that was about a year and a half ago. So she has lost about four and a half pounds since that come to Jesus moment. If anyone is beside himself yeah. that we haven't Any- talked a single bit of edge football yet. Now you know what? You know what? I ran the numbers on how well draft dudes did in twenty twenty one. Just go out with a bang, gentlemen. Just go out with okay, a bang. Cool, cool. Edge defenders, Kyle. We see the top of this very similar. We have the top three edges as Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan, Kayvon Thibodeau. Oregon, George Karloftis, Purdue. Those are all top 11 players on our boards, respectively. They're all top seven players on mine. And then I do have my next edge is Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. You have David Ajabu from Michigan. Then we get back on sync there. Um, They're just reversed for us. And then it's Trayvon Walker from Georgia. And then it's just a mess because now I get – Stuck right. reading this thing. Yeah. You, well, you know, you went crazy and put Logan Hall at 35. He's a good player, man. I'm sure he is. Uh, and then I had uh, Josh Pascal at 45. Right. So naturally uh, biased towards our own regions. Right. right. And then, <laughs> you know, we get representation with Maje Sanders and it was pretty well for both of us. And uh, 
the other remaining names uh, that are mutually on both of our lists, we both managed to put Drake Jackson at 68. So that was cool. We okay. both had Logan Hall on. Uh, we both had Josh Pascal on. Uh, we both had Kingsley and Igbari from South Carolina on. We had Nick Benito uh, from Oklahoma right around 75 on both of our lists. Cam Tommen, Thomas from uh, San Diego State made both of our lists. Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame made both of our lists. Uh, Boye Mafe from Minnesota made both of our lists. I had a vote for Zachary Carter. Joe, you had a vote for Arnold and Katie. Also vote for Nolan Smith, who just missed on my list as well. So <clears throat> I would encourage anyone who didn't catch it to go back and watch the TDN 100 show that we did on Please. Thursday night. It's part of the YouTube channel. Um, we did, a, I think, a solid job with the analysis. The creative team over at the Draft Network really just made the entire production amazing in my mind. So don't miss that. And within that, we talked about a lot of these players, and I went on a little bit of a rant about Jermaine Johnson from Florida State and the impact that he made in an expanded role since he transferred over from Georgia and kind of highlighted that at Georgia in those limited snaps, he was really good. You just wanted to see more. He got that at Florida State, and I thought his impact on football games was just undeniable this year. And so that's I, I need to watch a little bit more of Jabo. And I, I have him separated by five spots, so they're close. But I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Jabo against uh, Georgia tonight to you know get even more of a feel for his game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he tests Salyer, right? Yeah. Who's playing left tackle for them, and we project as a guard and that speed that he has. I think he's actually going to be the one that I would want testing him, because you know, Aiden Hutchinson he's he's dynamic and he's explosive and he's athletic, but he also has some power to him. And Salyer's he's a a big boy. I, I'd love to see somebody who can test him up the field and try and work him on the outside arc. And I think Ojabo does a little bit better job in that raw dynamic of rushing the passer. So hoping to see that tonight uh, from this semifinal game. Kyle, top 50 player, Josh Pascal, Kentucky. Any, yes. uh, anything you want to share there? Yeah, there's a, a man possessed this season. I watched him in the summertime. It was like, okay, like he's big, he's dense, but he doesn't play particularly violent. He doesn't play particularly fast. He's not particularly explosive. Well, I don't know what his training regimen was this past offseason, but the light bulb came on, and he's been – he was a terror this year at the point of attack, rushing the passer, power rusher, uh, guy who really collapses the line of scrimmage in both the run and the pass game. And some of the heaviest hands that I've studied thus far in the process, and uh, guys like that, the league usually – gravitates towards and, and sometimes we're surprised how early they gravitate towards the LJ Colliers of the world. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there is some inherent risk with Pascal and the fact that I think his 2021 is currently the, um, the outlier. But if you get the answers as to what changed and you feel comfortable with that, you can get really excited about what he's projecting as moving forward, assuming that you believe that that development is sustainable. I know he flashed for me. I, I think I sent you a couple of text messages well, yeah. watching him this season, man. He, he's got those high-level moments, and I'm looking forward to doing the cross-check on him and getting even more familiar with his game. Shall we move to the interior? Yeah, let's go ahead and, and we'll flip the script to uh, IDLs. It's going to be a much shorter list. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let me do do you the favor, Joe, and I'll read this one, okay? Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. We both have Jordan Davis as ideal one. And he's a top 10 player for both of us on our respective boards. Eight for me, nine for Joe. Uh, the next IDL for both of us is DeMarvin Leal. Uh, he is a player who slid a little bit for each of us respectively. Uh, he's at the uh, back end of the teens for Joe, and he's 21st for me. Uh, the traits and the skill set is undeniable. Uh, and then from there, Joe really loves Fidarian Mathis. He's got him at 39. Uh, my next interior defender is Devontae Wyatt, which is Joe's fourth interior defender. I do have Fidarian Mathis on my list at 71. Uh, Perion Winfrey for both of us in the 70s. And then Travis Jones from UConn, the only other interior defensive lineman on either one of our lists. And he's in the back third for both of us as well. I want to start there with with Travis Jones out of UConn. Um, first of all, I have a great appreciation for his trajectory and arc as a player coming out of UConn where he wanted to be part of that program. He stuck around. He dealt with some things. He he transformed his body significantly throughout his tenure and became an impact player on a defense where you're not talking about a lot of talent around him and his ability to stand out and still make an impact when that was like the guy that other teams had to account for without very much going on around him. And they played a lot of odd fronts he's playing like legit nose tackle and still resetting the line of scrimmage and creating a lot of pressure which you kind of don't expect for a guy with his body structure and obviously he's a a really good run defender and and he would make even more plays against the run if players around him were in their damn fits right so like all of the context of what he went through at UConn and how he emerged and still played at a high level despite everything where you know, defense is very much do your 111th, and <laughs> he didn't have a lot of guys participating in that. And so I have a great appreciation for him. Um, plays really hard and has pretty good movement skills for a defensive tackle that's going to be well over 330 pounds. And so maybe you don't get Jordan Davis because he's a friggin' monster and he's going to go early. But if you wish you got Jordan Davis, you probably be okay with Travis Jones on day two as your, you know, your consolation prize, if you will. Is that is that your version of the game that I always play? Yeah. What? What? Yes. So would you rather have X in the first round or get ninety percent of X with yeah. Y in the the second He's, slash third round? This is a textbook example of that. Well, let me ask you this: from a positional value standpoint, would it not make more sense yes. to go a different direction in the first round? Yes. Oh, this million is percent. This is million fun. percent. Predictively, mm-hmm. give me, give me based on what we know about the draft order as it stands right now. <laughs> give me the pick range in which you predictively expect Jordan Davis to get drafted. Jordan Davis. Yes. Um, I don't think he gets outside of the top twenty. There's a lot of spots, right? Like teams that want to get tougher, teams that want yeah. to be able to defend. But how the run do you, but how do you foil what we just said against that, though? You it know, doesn't matter. That, the, the league doesn't part. always buy into that. We talk about it every year, right? Like there's always going to be those opportunities, and it just doesn't happen, right? Guys go high that you think are going to go high. Like if you are team just draft good players, like I understand where the argument falls, right? Because he's a top 10 player for both of us. 
But if you're looking at opportunity cost and positional value and snap percentage and ceiling, all those things make that a very challenging decision for Jordan Davis. And we both love as a, we, we love him as a player and I can't understate that enough, but it's just the position that he plays is tough to, to put a thumb on predictively valuing. Well, I mean, it's, it's burden hands better than two in the bush. Like you can love to pass on Jordan Davis because you think you're going to get Travis Jones with your second or third round pick. And then there's just a lot of dominoes have to fall to make sure that somebody reaches on Travis Jones in the, well, yeah. now you have one of them. Exactly. And Jordan Davis wrecked SEC offensive lines, right? Little different than the slate of competition that Tra- uh, Travis Jones has faced. Linebackers? Let's do it. Okay. So uh, same deal here. I'll I'll go ahead and jump on the grenade, get us started. Uh, Devin Lloyd is here for both of us. He's seven on my ballot for TDM 100, and he's eighth on Joe's ballot for TDM 100. Uh, our consensus LB2 is Nakobe Dean, uh, who's a top 20 player for me, top 30 player for Joe. Uh, we both really like Henry Toho Toho, also at Alabama. Uh, he's right in that 50 range for both of us. Top 64, Christian Harris from Alabama. Uh, also top 64 range for both of us. Joe really likes Darian Beavers, uh, the big backer from Cincinnati. He made my ballot as well. Damon Clark from LSU made both of our ballots right around pick 80. Jojo Doman from Nebraska was 69th on my list and 80th on Joe's list. Uh, and then Quay Walker, uh, University of Georgia, the quote-unquote other Georgia backer is right around 80 for both of us. Brian Asamoah, Oklahoma, right around 90 for both of us. Chad Muma, Wyoming, right around 90 for both of us. And then I also had Jack Sanborn and uh, Jack Campbell, the two Big Ten kids on my ballot as well. So I feel like I robbed that last discussion talking about Travis Jones, and I feel like you should do the same right now with JoJo Doman out of Nebraska. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I know that you got the warm fuzzies with him. So let's uh, let's talk about him. What a player. What a player. He played the game of his life against Ohio State. Had toe-tap interception in the red zone and had another play in that same game where – Stroud tried to throw the ball away to the far sideline and he had a toe tapping it. I texted you the picture, right? You remember getting Mm -hmm. the picture when I sent Mm -hmm. the text and it was him possession of the ball looking like Santonio Holmes in the back of the end zone (laughs) in the Super Bowl. This, that's what this man did. And it's like, how in the hell? So he's a former safety and he's bulked up. He's about six, one, 230 pounds. Uh, His usage has some parallels to Jeremiah Wusukormo at Notre Dame as far as how often he's playing on the hash and playing in space when they stay in base defense and he's got to bump out and, and play coverage. And there are some plays where this dude, run, read, primary drop, all the actions away, so I flow with it about 15 yards, but then we get into scramble drill and the quarterback comes back to the field out in all that open space. And I got to redirect and I get back to the side. It's it literally looks like the combine drill where they have the guys out there with the ball and they, they steer you around. And he's doing that like every possession, just covering insane amounts of ground in zone coverage. He flies around like a bat out of hell. 
in short yardage situations down on the goal line. They put him up as the man on the line of scrimmage and he'll crash down on a, un, unaccounted for off the backside. And I forget what game it was at Northwestern. He had a play like that and he met the quarterback and the running back at the mesh point from a, a plus. I think they had a tight end and then a sniffer on that side. Mm. And he came in through all of that and still met them at the mesh point and forced the ball out for a fumble and a turnover. He's just, he's the energizer bunny uh, because he's absolutely tireless. He's a pretty good tackler. His tackle radius isn't huge because he's not a super long guy, but you want a coverage backer. This dude is everything you could possibly want. And you do, you do want a coverage backer. You do want every, everyone wants a coverage backer. (laughs) Such a, uh, make such a difference for your defense. And we know that the NFL is pretty much played out of sub and whether it's a weak side linebacker in base or, you know, that space player that you use as a matchup guy in in sub, like this is the type of stuff that gets me excited about linebackers. I love physical downhill players. I love guys that can play in space too. Yeah. Really unique. So he's, he's a redshirt senior. He will be an older player. Uh, he was born in 97. So he'll be 20, 25 for the start of his first NFL training camp. So, you know, if you're looking for an A1 top of the charts athlete, you're probably not going to find him here, but he's super smooth. He runs well. He doesn't, he had one, he ran down Smith and Jigba 60 yards downfield when he was on the far hash and four yards behind the catch point. So, like, it's just effort for days, man. And there were, like, five guys on his team out in front of him, and he ran, he beat them all and met him right at the pylon. He's so much fun to watch. Senior Bowl guy. I'm stoked that we're going to get a chance to see him. I see what you did here with your corner rankings, Kyle. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't do it. I, If I'm not mistaken, I thought I did. I, I said that to Chris before – you actually came into the studio. You remember this, Chris? I said that to you. I do not remember what you are referencing. No. Oh, he has booth above Stingley. Oh, that I do remember this conversation now. Yes, he does have booth above Stingley. I said I did, but I actually don't. (laughs) You have them one spot apart. I think it's okay. I know it's close. close. Do you want, do you want to flip them right now? Yeah. We just did the TD 100 show. And yeah, it's, it's in the rear view. I can do whatever I want. There it is. Right. Boom. And it, it's not going to be reflected in. Yeah. That, that will not change because there's four of the guys that had ballots. So Joe flip-flopping yeah. them one spot is not going to change the math. I promise you that. Because I'll do, I'll do it on the actual sheet right now, and I'll just tell you. The integrity you. of the TD 100 is now. It's not. I promise it's you it's ruined. not. I can guarantee you it's not. I'm yeah, I trust you. I trust the fact that you look at that spreadsheet all day long. So he's always in it. I will say that. I have never I don't think I've ever logged into these web these spreadsheets and Kyle's not in there as well. There are times okay. I accidentally leave them open because I'm working on something and I'll go back and I'll be like, Oh, I didn't mean to leave that open. And Kyle's logo is in there and it's active and he's moving stuff around and it's <laughs> it's just in there constantly. If you guys only knew how much extra stuff was necessary to run the eight boards that we have to run on a monthly basis. Players declaring. 
making sure everybody's reports are all synced up. Their grades are matching what the back end shows because then I got to put it in the front end. It's um, let's just, let's just call it a labor of love. And Chris, I do want to confirm uh, I've changed Joe's ballot and no math has changed. Mm. Derek Stingley is still the fourth overall player. Andrew Booth is still the sixth overall player, even though Joe has changed his mind. Perfect. All right. So Joe, Joe, you got to do this one. Sorry. I did the last two. I'm sure I'll regret this, but yeah, we're all going to regret it. But I will start off by saying that Kyle and I both have Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson at CB1. Right behind him, one spot is Derek Stingley from LSU. Bing bang. Kyle's CB3 is Roger McCreary from Let's Auburn. Go. My CB3 is Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. And then my CB4 is Roger McCreary, and his CB4 is Ahmad Gardner. We have them all as top 26 players on our board. So we definitely see them as. The Booth Stingley tier, and then a little gap in the Gardner McCreary tier, uh, and, then, and then Trent Trent McDuffie CB five for both of us, and Kyir Elam is CB six for me. You have Kyler Gordon as CB six, and then Kyir Elam is CB seven. And oh, by the way, all those players are top forty. Good corner <laughs> class, huh. and, and I've fallen for some of these guys that I think are going to be day two players. I love Marcus Jones out of Houston. I'm really falling hard for Mario Goodrich from Clemson, Tariq Wolin from UTSA, which I just sniped right out of your region. <laughs> yeah, went, went ahead and helped himself. Just went ahead the and... cupboard and did, did two, two <laughs> really good mid-round UTSA right? prospects right, right out from underneath me. Right. Sorry, right. I, I did sincere McCormick, who's a fun little back. So Which I got him. You should because UTSA is in your region, and I just decided that it would be in my region for that day. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple of nice players. Um, oh, other players that we both have top 100 ballots submitted for Martin Emerson, Mississippi State, Alante Taylor, Tennessee, Kobe Bryant, Cincinnati. That's it. That's it. And you mentioned Marcus Jones. Yes. Yeah. We both have Marcus Jones as well. Uh, I might have had Tariq Woolen in, but I don't know, Joe, because I haven't watched him. Yeah. You know, you know, Kyle, (laughs) you'll like him. You'll like him. I feel like I got to talk about Mario Goodrich, man. I am a big, big fan. Um, He's the other Clemson corner that won that job opposite of Andrew Booth and a lot of people thought it might have been Sheridan Jones that claimed that job this year. It winds up being Goodrich, and he played at such a high level. First team all ACC selection and just was an impact playmaker. And he spent three years in the program just as kind of a special teamer, role player. You know, sometimes they would rotate a little bit in the corner room, but he was a full-time starter this year, and I thought he played as well as any corner in college football this year. He's got good size length. You love him up on the line of scrimmage in press situations, smart in zone. Um, He has good ball skills, and you'll have to just be mindful of the fact that he hasn't been targeted a ton. He really only has one season as a starter. And so within that, when you consider the sample size, the ball production is good. The volume is just not there. And the guy can make plays in the ball. He's unbelievably physical defending the run and tackling and playing off contact. And then I thought he just ended his career with an exclamation point in the Cheez-It Bowl against Iowa State where he had a pick six. He had a big-time pass breakup where you saw the football intelligence, the ball skills, the click-and-close ability. And then in the last play of the game, just was a man possessed seeking that football and stripping it from Brock Purdy. 
And so I just think he's an ascending talent with everything you're looking for. And the only question is, all right, can you continue to stack this together? Can you continue to prove yourself as your time on task continues? But my goodness, man, like he's a senior bowl guy. I think as people get to his tape, as people see him at the senior bowl, this is going to be a player that people are going to pound the table for on day two. Um, just for a little bit of context, I've done three corners out of my region in total, and they're not particularly good this year. <laughs> so my my deep dive intimate knowledge of the corner group, uh, I did do Mac Hankins from Iowa yesterday, who I like a fair bit. He got an early four for me, but um, tough sledding this year in the Big Ten for corners. You got the edge rushers and the receivers, man. Right, yeah. (laughs) So I I asked this question at the risk of the answer being no, since both of you were a part of the show. Did you watch through the full TDN 100 last night on the YouTube channel? The answer is no, it's okay. I just want to know this before I set up this joke. I kept bouncing in and out. Because you, when talking about the corners, Kyle, you made a reference to the uh, Will Smith meme from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in which he's in the room. Did you see... That the wonderful production team, aka Henry, photoshopped no, your part. face onto Will Smith, and the 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 moment <laughs> is in the show in which you are looking into the room, and on the carpet it says Big Ten Corners. So, oh just so you my, know, you I asked have to go find it, it now. <laughs> please do yourself a favor since you did not see it. Go find it after the show. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go peek in and check that out as soon as uh, we finish with safeties and joe i would like to know why you hate this year's safety class what do you mean what's all that different you only had four four on your ballot i gotta see some of these guys i mean you have six and it's not that many more i just need to see lewis sign from georgia and more of verone mckinley from oregon but i know that mckinley didn't finish like he started so why uh why do you hate kyle hamilton so much yeah i hate my number three overall player just too low garbage too low you're too low I think I was I think you're the only one that had him number one, if I'm not mistaken. No, I am, and I've already gone on the record, said Kyle Hamilton might be the best prospect I have ever personally watched in scouting for the NFL draft. He's just to, phenomenal. Just wanted to pause there for effect. So everyone can right. let that well, sink in. Beyond Kyle Hamilton, uh, we both have Jaquan Brisker as safety two. Uh, he's both the top twenty-five player for both of us. Daxton Hill from Michigan, who this year has played more nickel. Uh, but had played free safety as well throughout the course of his career there. He is a top 30 player for both of us. Jordan Battle from Alabama uh, checks in as a top 50 player for both of us. Joe has no additional safeties. I have Lewis signed from Georgia at 65 and Vero McKinley from Oregon at 86. Yeah, I just didn't have safeties in my region, man. None of these guys are mine. Uh, Brian Cook from Cincinnati might be the best Safety I've watched, and I don't think he's done enough to validate a top 100 spot, so I'll defer to you here. Okay, well, and we've already dropped the uh, redropped the hot take on Kyle Hamilton. Uh, Brisker, I wish he had a little bit more range, uh, but playing him in a high post when you play a lot of you know three deep zones, I think is a, a place and a landing place that makes a lot of sense for him, and then you can also move him around outside of that. And Daxon Hill having the versatility that he has showcased as a verified 4-3 guy to play man-to-man in the slot or simultaneously uh, playing the high post. That's a good level of versatility to have. And I feel even better about the comp to Darnell Savage that I had had in the summer for him 
knowing that he's showing more man-to-man opportunities uh, and playing lower towards the line of scrimmage as a 4-3 guy. So I like it. Joe, I, 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 I wanted to wish you happy anniversary, by the way. Okay, I'm being set up for something right now. Happy anniversary. You are not. Happy anniversary. What happened four years ago today? I don't remember. The Buffalo Bills made the playoffs for the first oh, time in yeah, a very yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Andy Dalton. Yes. Happy four-year anniversary for that. Happy anniversary to myself. Uh, three years ago today, Adam Gase was fired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Man, that, that seems so long ago, but also not, right? Three right. years is not that long ago. Chris, happy anniversary. Three years ago, your future head coach was made available for your team to hire. Appreciate that. Thank you. I don't I don't know what else happened to Jets history over on December 31st. Otherwise, I would wish you happy anniversary for anything. But man, Shuby, you've got Cincinnati today. You've got the Bucks on Sunday. Um, you're not feeling well. This is a high stakes weekend for for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're 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 skinning the cat. We are walking a tightrope this weekend with the high risk, high wire act I'm doing in terms of my I fandom. Hope you find something good to eat, you know? Yeah, well, you know some... what? Again, if the Jets lose on Sunday and Zach looks good, that's a win. Right. Still no, a win. No, you're, I, you're I, damn right. What, what did lose. you think of what did you think of Chris Sims's take that um uh, on the question of a Zach Wilson for Russell Wilson trade? I didn't see this. What? I saw I saw what he said about he would still take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, and I wasn't really interested in entertaining that. He said what now? So he was he was asking like fielding Twitter questions, and he was asked who would say no in a trade of Zach Wilson and uh, Russell Wilson swap between those two teams. Hey, I'm looking at this now. A straight up trade between Russell Wilson and Zach Wilson, and he says who the says Jets no? Would say no. Suddenly, a Friday free for all has sparked. As yeah. We... yeah. What are your thoughts? I would, I would disagree with that take <laughs> that if the Seahawks called and offered Russell Wilson for Zach Wilson straight up, that the Jets wouldn't take Russell Wilson, have Seattle's first round pick, and be very content with having two first round picks and Russell Wilson. Correct. I do not think that is going to happen because I do not think the Jets are going to be making the phone call. Uh, wow. They okay. have each other's number. We know that. They, they, know they, they have done, they've done big, big business before. They do. Come on, man! So, I had, it, was a, it was a good week for Zach. Don't do this. I don't. And it was a bad week for Russ too. So that's like Russ. the perfect time to drop this tape. Yeah, and right? he like very unnecessarily hinted that this could be his last game at whatever the Seattle, Seattle yeah. yeah Quest Field what, or whatever. Is that what it is? I don't. I have know. no idea. Like Ben Ben Roethlisberger, very like obviously. Hey guys, not saying it, but I'm saying he, it. Yeah, he also had the gall to suggest they might get a home playoff game, too. Brother. <laughs> Unless we get one in the playoffs. <laughs> no, I, no, it's not going to like that would I'll go ahead and say it. They're not going to play a home playoff game. Yeah, I'm fairly confident Pittsburgh. I feel good about that. Would, uh, if if Pittsburgh got in, they would be the seven seed. There's a zero percent chance they're playing. Seattle plays game. at Lumen Field, by the way. Lumen. Okay. Lumen. Thank you. Well, we're going to loom in our way out of here. <laughs> That's going to do it for uh, the final draft news episode of the year 2021. We'll see you guys next year on the show. Make sure you hit subscribe. 
Thanks as always for listening. Thanks as always for all of your support this past year. Uh, we are very thankful for each and every one of you who listen to the show uh, and consume our content over at the Draft Network. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, make it a great one. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.